0: Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Wednesday, July 28th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. With the Delta variant fueling a dramatic rise in COVID-19 cases across the country, the White House, health experts and state governors responding by mandating vaccinations and recommending those who are vaccinated once again resume wearing masks, all in an effort to stop the spread. Heavy winds out west expected to hamper efforts to battle the Dixie Fire, California's largest blaze, which is currently threatening thousands of homes. And fallout continuing after dramatic testimony on Capitol Hill, police officers testifying about the deadly danger they faced on January 6th as Democrats warn additional subpoenas could soon be on the way. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. A massive surge in Delta variant infections prompting the CDC to make changes to its mask guidance, saying vaccinated people in some areas with high transmission should wear masks indoors. Grecia Lastra has the latest on the worsening situation here in the United States.
1: This morning, the CDC changing its mass guidance, advising that fully vaccinated people return to wearing masks indoors in areas of high transmission as cases climb around the country. This was not something that we took lightly and something that I
0: know weighs heavily with me and with all of America.
1: Director Walensky citing new science that shows even some vaccinated people can transmit the Delta variant. The data showing, though, that the vaccine reduces the risk of getting the virus sevenfold and the risk of being hospitalized 20fold. The CDC also recommending kids and teachers return to school in the fall with everyone wearing masks, even if they're vaccinated, a reverse from guidance given just two weeks ago. The new guidance coming as parents across the country protest mask requirements at schools. The head of one of the largest teachers' unions in the country standing by the new guidance.
2: Obviously, we're going to embrace the science, but, you know, it's it's with great reluctance that we have to put our masks back on.
1: The variant now responsible for an estimated 8 in 10 cases as we learn who is in those hard-hitted hospitals. ABC calling 50 hospitals in 17 states. Of the 271 COVID patients in the ICU, 255 were not vaccinated. ICU doctors telling ABC News the vast majority of vaccinated patients in their ICUs had underlying conditions of weakened immune systems. With more than 156 million Americans fully vaccinated nationwide, an estimated 153,000 symptomatic breakthrough cases have occurred, representing less than 1% of those fully vaccinated, according to an unpublished internal CDC document obtained by ABC News. Overnight, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla making the case for booster shots, saying some studies suggest the Delta variant challenges the vaccine's protection after six months. Talking to former White House advisor Andy Slavitt in a podcast.
3: We can see that uh, there is a drop in uh, the protection of uh, infections and there is a drop in the hospitalization protection against hospitalizations, but only for people, or mainly for people, that they are six months uh, uh, that they did six months ago,
1: their second dose. This is Grecia Lastra reporting for You News.
0: Let's go to Dr. Elon Shapiro. He's a physician in Los Angeles. Doctor, thanks so much for being with us today. So, what's your reaction to the CDC changing its indoor masking recommendation at this time?
4: This moment, we need to see the numbers, and they're pretty similar to summer 2020. And we know how that story ends. Then at this moment, the more layers we have between us and actually the virus, the safer we'll be. And uh, the same thing with our kids. The American Academy of Pediatrics, probably a couple of uh, days back, actually was started to recommend to actually mask our kids when they were going back to school two years and up. That way we carry as many layers as possible. This virus doesn't care where you live, what language you speak, or where you are from it just targets humans. Then at this moment, we know that the variants are actually doing a lot of harm to us and they're playing with another playbook. And this is the moment that we need to start gathering as much information, we need to vaccinate ourselves, and most importantly, we need to take care of each other.
0: Doctor, the CDC is recommending indoor masking for areas of high transmission, as we can see right here on this map. Now, almost the entire country is in red. Why not then just recommend indoor masking nationwide from coast to coast?
4: On reality, I think that it's a process. And, they, you know, Dr. Fauci has mentioned a couple of times that he's assessing with the CDC uh, how often and how, how, you know, how to regulate those masking uh, efforts. And it's very important that, you know, one thing is the guidelines, and the other thing is what we have on science. Uh, for sure, you know, the mask has been there for us. It doesn't have any type of side effects. And most importantly, it creates a barrier between us and everybody else. And it's very important that even though the guidelines are not changing right now, we have all the signs right now out there that this is actually getting complicated. The variant is actually attacking more people, and not only that, you know, it, it, for every person that actually is sick, six to seven people are already exposed. That means that it's way worse than the numbers that we had before. This is a moment that we don't need to be waiting for guidelines. We know what to do, and the more barriers we have, including the vaccine, washing our hands, and social distancing, the better will be for everybody.
0: The CDC also announced yesterday that the Delta variants can make people who are vaccinated infectious. Can you explain that further for us? And what are the implications of this research? Because it may be surprising to some people.
4: Gladly. You know, the, the, it, you know it, it's terrifying if you hear it firsthand. The second part is that, on reality, the vaccine that we have here, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson, and Johnson are amazingly effective on these men, you know, actually, Making sure that we do not end up in the hospital and reduces the fatalities that we can actually have, and that's where the vaccines work. They prevent from actually catastrophic things happening to us. That's why you know that they're not 100% against uh, you know uh, you know disease, but they actually help us uh, make sure that if we get it, it's like kind of a seatbelt uh, analogy. Uh, we want to wear the seatbelt. Not to actually have a lot of accidents, but, you know, in case if we have one, uh, if it's a major one, we have more possibilities of surviving. And that's why we need the vaccines. And right now we know that the the cases are increasing, and that's why we need to create more barriers between us and the virus. Why? Because imagine that, you know, um, one of these vaccines has, you know, 94% probability of actually protecting us against the disease. Uh, But there's still like... 6% there, it's all 100%, and that's why, you know, if you have a lot of hundreds of thousands of cases, there will be breakthrough uh, through the vaccines. The important things is that the numbers that you said at the beginning of of this um, conversation, that people that are vaccinated are almost reassured need to be reassured that they are not going to the hospital. And that's why it's so important right now to close the door to COVID-19 infections. Any person that we have around us that are not vaccinated are at risk of actually sharing and creating more variants. And that's why we're actually fighting against, you know, the variants and the virus and also the misinformation that we're having in the communities. Because a lot of people are just afraid, and it's okay to be afraid, but this is the moment that we need to start seeking information to make sure that all of us are protected.
0: Now let's go ahead and talk about policy. As of this week, California is saying it will require all healthcare workers get vaccinated. Do you agree with this? Some may say they have gone too far. Others agree and say it's about time.
4: I can tell you for sure that I'm part of almost uh, a, a lot of the, the 60 groups of healthcare providers and systems and hospitals that are actually asking for that. Why? Because we are there in the first line of, of, of defense. We saw what actually happened last year. I had a personal friends that actually died uh, on, on because they were helping people in hospitals and clinics. And this is the best way to protect ourselves, the first line of defense to our entire community, and most importantly, to stop the spread.
0: Now let's move on to that local level. You are in LA County. The county there has been registering an increase in positivity rates and hospitalizations. What exactly are you seeing at your hospital? And can hospitals there handle a fourth wave?
4: California, especially in LA County, has been preparing for this since you know uh, January 2020. Uh, you know, we, we saw, you know, how everything was happening and we started seeing the signals. And, uh, you know, by 2021, at the beginning of the year, we had a very horrible uh, moment when a lot of people were dying. A lot of people were sick and most of the ICUs in the in the county were completely full. And sadly, we're, uh, most of them on uh, the ICU were actually Hispanics. Then you know I'm, I'm, we are prepared, we're ready, and most importantly, we are getting ready the messaging to make sure that everybody gets protected. And I can tell you for sure that the past weeks before Fourth of July, I had zero COVID uh, positive tests, and right now it, it's something common that we see a couple of times a day here in the clinic. Then this is the moment to protect ourselves. This is the moment to hear the alarm, and most important, to act upon it.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Elon Shapiro in Los Angeles. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and for explaining this and putting it into perspective for all our viewers. Thanks so much and take care.
4: Thank you very much.
0: And with 48 states seeing at least a 10% hike in new COVID-19 cases last week, compared to the previous seven days, the worsening situation is causing many hospitals and ICU units to fill up. Rafael Rodriguez takes us inside some of those units in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.
5: While the outside of Baton Rouge General is quiet, on the inside, the staff is burning out.
0: We're tired. We're...
5: Exhausted. ICUs that were for post-surgery and other illnesses are quickly turning into COVID-19 units. In
6: the past week, we've built two new ICUs dedicated to coronavirus, expanded into a third, and are already planning our fourth ICU.
5: Inside those units, you see many rooms with patients of all ages on ventilators.
0: Younger people, healthier people, people with no comorbidities, and and they're getting sicker and getting sicker faster
5: but not as many health care workers as expected
6: given the nursing shortages that we have we're having to change our usual care practices change nurse to patient ratios and things just to care for all the patients
5: it's a shortage that's taken a toll on nurses like jordan who's worked through every surge
6: our nurses are
0: are suffering from it i mean Mentally, physically, we're, we're exhausted.
5: The spike in COVID-19 patients has put such a strain on hospitals in the area. Those, like Our Lady of the Lake, have decided to put a temporary pause on non-emergency surgeries, while Baton Rouge General says they aren't there just yet.
6: We'll start decreasing our elective surgical cases so that we can use those nurses to help care for coronavirus patients.
5: But only time will tell how much more this hospital can take, saying this is only the beginning.
6: They're getting tired and we're only really one week into this most recent surge and we have many weeks to go because the patients that survive are in the hospital and in the ICUs for a long time.
5: Begging everyone if you haven't yet get your vaccine.
6: If you don't vaccinate for yourself, vaccinate for the people that you come in contact with every day because you could potentially save one of their lives if you don't transmit the virus.
0: Please get vaccinated.
6: Sometimes I just I want people to be able to just see to walk through these units and see what's really happening inside to know how real and how scary it is.
5: Rafael Rodriguez, U News.
0: The White House, meanwhile, is strongly considering a COVID-19 vaccine requirement for federal employees. The president said Tuesday such a policy was, quote, under consideration. Edwin Pitti has more details on this from the White House. Edwin.
3: Thursday, a new requirement for all federal employees, including contractors, to get the vaccine against COVID-19. And if they choose not to do so, they will have to get tested regularly. Now, sources are telling me that this is a part of a new announcement that will include the White House new steps to keep fighting against COVID-19, especially because, according to Dr. Fauci, right now in the U.S., there are over 100 million people who qualify to get vaccinated, and they are choosing not to do so now president biden is expected not to impose this new mandate on the u.s military and that itself is creating controversy because over 30 percent of the members of the u.s forces are not vaccinated so the white house will have to explain how the department of defense will have to um, work to protect members of their military Now, the only federal agency who is asking their employees to get vaccinated is the Department of Veteran Affairs, and they will have eight weeks to comply with that order. Now, talking about the use of masks, that is coming back. The White House is asking their employees and even the members of the press to start using masks again whenever they are indoors. As you can see in the video, even Vice President Kamala Harris participating in a meeting about Native Americans voting rights, she's already using the mask Indoors again. But not only the White House, that's happening on Capitol Hill also. The US attending physician for the US House is sending an order complying with the new guidelines of the CDC asking everybody on Capitol Hill to start using the mask indoors. However, Daddy Telby is also creating controversy because his recommendations apply to the US House of Representatives but not in the Senate. Reporting at tie the White House here in Lafayette Park. Back to you, Andrea.
0: Thank you, Edwin, for that report from D.C. And in breaking news out of New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced today that New York will mandate COVID-19 vaccination for state employees and patient-facing health care workers at state hospitals. The governor said state employees will have the option to test regularly instead, while the health care workers will not. The governor said he is targeting at Labor Day for this mandate to go into effect. And another late breaking vaccine news a third dose of the Pfizer COVID 19 vaccine can strongly boost protection against the Delta variant beyond the protection afforded by the standard two doses. And that's according to new data released by Pfizer just this morning. The data posted online suggests that antibody levels against the Delta variant in people ages 18 to 55 who receive a third dose of vaccines are five fold better than following a second dose. even great results were seen among people ages 65 to 85, according to that same data. Meanwhile, it's been five days since the Olympic Games officially opened in Tokyo, and the number of coronavirus cases connected to the Games is growing. Olympic organizers say at least 174 cases have been linked to the Games. The cases were identified as contractors, media, and Games-related personnel. None of those cases were identified as athletes, or reported in the Olympic Village. In the meantime, Tokyo is seeing another record day of cases. More than 3,000 new infections were reported in the Japanese capital on Wednesday. Tokyo is currently under a state of emergency until August 22nd. And now we turn to Capitol Hill and that emotional hearing on the January 6th Capitol riot. The House Select Committee listening to the testimony of four officers who described what it was like defending congressional leaders from the mob on that deadly day.
4: The indifference shown to my colleagues
2: is disgraceful.
0: The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, holding its first hearing Tuesday, emotional testimony coming from four police officers, recounting the trauma they endured while on duty defending the Capitol that day.
4: I was grabbed, beaten, tased, all while being called a traitor to my country.
0: Some saying they were outnumbered, dragged into the crowd and attacked with their own gear and weapons.
4: I could feel my myself losing oxygen and recall, thinking to myself, this is how I'm going to die.
5: The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting, heave, ho, as they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal door frame. Push him back!
0: Meanwhile, officer Michael Fanone's brutal beating was caught on his own body camera.
2: I heard chanting from some in the crowd, get his gun and kill him with his own gun.
0: The House committee also playing never-before-seen video. Officer Dunn describing to the committee the racism he faced.
4: 20 people joined in screaming, boo. No one had ever, ever called me a while wearing the uniform of a Capitol police officer.
0: Now, part of the mission of the House committee is to find out the root causes of that day. The role of the former president to fire up his supporters is part of their investigation. Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, the only two Republicans on the panel, vowing to follow the investigation wherever it leads them. We must also know what happened every minute of that day in the White House, every phone call, every conversation, every meeting, leading up to, during, and after the attack. Meanwhile, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy off. saying he didn't watch the, the hearing, the but did give a press conference beforehand.
4: We now have a committee that all of America wants to know the answers to. Why were we ill-prepared for that day, and how can we make sure that it will never happen again? But, unfortunately... Speaker Pelosi will only pick on people onto the committee that will ask the questions she wants asked. That becomes a failed committee and a failed report, a sham that no one can believe.
0: As for what comes next, the committee has indicated that subpoenas will be coming soon, and the Department of Justice will apparently allow former Trump DOJ officials to testify. And another news out of Washington, the Supreme Court approval rating has dropped after hitting a 10-year high in 2020. According to a new Gallup poll, 49 percent of Americans approve of the court's handling on issues, while 44 percent disapprove. Just last year, 58% of Americans approved of the court's actions. The poll was conducted between July 6th and the 21st, right after the justices wrapped their last term. During that term, they made a slew of high-profile decisions on cases like the Affordable Care Act, Arizona election laws, transgender student bathrooms, free speech outside of school, and same-sex couples looking to foster children. More of you news after this short break. Welcome back to U News. In Arizona, eyewitness videos showing a cloud of dust moving towards a Phoenix suburb as weather agencies issued alerts for a major dust advisory on Tuesday evening. Officials warning that the visibility would be dangerously reduced with heavy rains and gusty winds expected in the next 24 hours. And strong winds and potential thunderstorms today could hurt firefighters' efforts to contain several wildfires raging across the West. The Dixie Fire, California's largest blaze, was only 23 percent contained as of Tuesday and has burned three dozen structures while threatening more than 10,000 others. The blaze is one of 79 large fires burning 1.5 million acres across 12 states in the west, according to the National Interagency Fire Center. The effects of the fires could be felt across the country and some east coast cities. This week saw hazy, smoky skies. That prompted air quality alerts in parts of the northeast, mid-Atlantic and midwest. Another tragedy at the border, the body of a migrant recovered from the banks of the Bravo River in El Paso, Texas. And as Ana de Mendoza reports, so far, all that's known is that he is a man in his 30s and that he is the 21st migrant to die along that section of the border.
7: These rescuers from El Paso, Texas, went down to the banks of the Rio Grande to recover the lifeless body of a migrant. Our fire department sent four divers to assist Border Patrol, and they were in fact able to recover the body of an adult man, approximately 30 years old. The body was on the U.S. side of the river, which is almost dry. However, it was flooded over the weekend by torrental rains.
5: The
7: body was delivered to the forensic office and the police department in order to conduct the investigations, and we are waiting from them to identify this person and his nationality. It is not known if this is the same migrant who was swept away by the Rio Grande exactly one week ago and whose bodies could not be found by rescuers. This brings the number of migrants who have died in the El Paso sector so far this fiscal year to 21, with 245 desert rescues during the same period. Nationwide, there were 9,500 rescues, the vast majority of them people abandoned in the desert by human traffickers. The message we want to bring to everyone is do not There's too many dangers from your country of origin to the border, and the criminal organization's only interest is in your money. Reported by Mario Eugenia Payan in El Paso, Texas. Ana de Mendoza, U News.
0: In Arizona, a dramatic rescue is highlighting the dangers, both natural and man-made, that so many migrants face attempting to cross the border from Mexico to the United States. Genesis Vieira explains.
2: The images are more than dramatic. This truck with several people inside was swept away and overturned by a flash flood in Arizona, a scene witnessed by several people standing nearby. Suddenly through the windows, they could see two adults and a child coming out. When we saw the child, we started to panic. Here, there's another person. Look. Immediately, they tried to use ropes to pull them out. Manuel Varela from Phoenix told us that he had come to this place with his family and friends for a walk. We were all lending each other ropes to reach them. But the force of the water kept pushing the vehicle, and the sense of helplessness grew among those present when the worst part came. No, no, the child. The current swept them away with the floodwaters. Witnesses began to run along the shore, trying to catch up with them while screams of crying women could be heard. Roberto Varela, Manuel's brother, jumped into the river to pull out the boy as his father struggled to hold him above the water. The The man man saw the child was safe and let him go. Others ran down to pull him out. When they caught him, they dragged him to safety, since he could no longer hold on. The man was in tears, thanking us for saving his child. Once the authorities arrived, these heroes left without knowing more about the people they saved. Reported by Pedro Lutreras in Phoenix, Genesis Yera for U News.